0: Inappropriate Earl, back. You see two very good looking people on my couch right now. Well, one. I see one. I, I see one too. I was just trying to be nice to you because you're so much bigger than me. We have, uh, you know, not many guests come back for more. His Stephen Piercy would sing I'm Still Waiting on Him. Oh, it's the best song so ever. Good. I drive by the uh, Ar- Armenian restaurant that was in the video every day on Melrose, Gardel's <laughs> Armenian yeah, I mean, restaurant. a lot. Tawny Katane was in that video too. But enough about past guests. Today's about the future. We have the lovely Nita Strauss.
1: Thank you so much for having me back on.
0: Oh, please. The last time I saw you was at the Pantages Theater when you were throwing me guitar picks.
1: Was I successful? Did you get one?
0: My ex-girlfriend did.
1: Yes. I think I remember that.
0: You know, our two best dates... We're at Alice Cooper watching yeah, you.
1: you guys were at the Motley Crue show, and then you guys at the Pantages, I remember.
0: If you could just play every week, I would have lasted with her. <laughs> but uh, enough about my failed relationships. Great relationships. Speaking of your boyfriend, manager, your better half, yes, Mr. Josh. Hello. Owner of the fine clothing company, Beverly Kills. That would be me stick out that chest yeah it would help i mean really dude
2: i don't want to yell into the microphone you know
0: well you don't have to hold it by your balls either (laughs) so most
1: of his good ideas come from that's true
0: well i uh we it's not that kind of a podcast but uh we'll let the fans uh the people are blowing up as we speak in chat everyone says hi nita hi guys Now, Nita, it's been a while since you've uh, been here. I know you have a solo album coming out.
1: That's right. My first record, Controlled Chaos, that's going to come out in September this year.
0: Now, I know when KISS put out their solo albums, they were met with uh, varying... uh, Album covers? Well, album (laughs) covers. Uh, But they were met with... uh, All four had different approaches. Like, uh, Peter was a jazz aficionado so his was uh probably the polar opposite of kiss uh and probably the least successful uh paul's was the most kiss like um aces was probably the best uh and gene's was and i love gene i'm getting the book i'm getting the vault so uh are you getting the vault i am i'm you know for two thousand dollars you can have him uh Listen to one song with you in a recording studio. Okay. For two thousand. Right. Uh, for fifty, you can spend two hours with him. I
1: was going to say, is this, is it the one where he comes here and hangs out?
0: I'm going to opt for the Eric Singer option, which is Eric drops it off for hundred bucks. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he's a he's a he's a Gene Simmons courier though.
0: Yes, I mean Kiss doesn't pay that well. Uh, <laughs> and Gene's solo album was basically here's all my celebrity friends. Sure. I'm going to play with Helen Reddy and Katie Seagal. Uh, is there pressure for you to appease Alice Cooper fans? Like, they want to hear your version of School's Out, like, style wise? Or do you want to do like almost what Peter Chris did? And this is what I want to do.
1: It's a pretty big departure. There's definitely been a lot of people saying, like, are you going to get guest singers? Are you going to have Alice on it? Are you going to, you know. Are you going to do a rock album? And, you know, I do have a band that has a singer. We start wars and I have a cover band that plays 80s songs and Alice Cooper songs. So I don't really feel like I need to play those songs anymore. You know, I think this record is my chance to do the solo shred record that I've always wanted to do and doing it on my own terms, you know, not not leaning on special guests or calling in favors, you know, or doing different stuff. I don't want this album to come out and people say, well, it just sold well because she had famous people play on it. You know, I want to do at least this first record my on my own, and then maybe branch out later on and collaborate with some people.
0: Now, how, it's tough to put out new music in this day and age. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know. Uh, most bands rarely put out new music uh, because it's like, what's the point? It's hard. You know, why is it hard? Like, is it just the way the industry's set up now? Attention span. <laughs> That's
2: what it is. But what do you mean by that? And I'm being serious. Uh, I personally think my opinion on that is: I think people have a very um, short attention span of they want stuff right now, and they want what's you know they want things to sound a certain way right now. What's going on right now? And some people don't like to wait a long time for bands to release records, and they have you know they get to one band right now, and then they like another band real quick. And I mean, looking like the hip hop community, I mean, it's all singles based, driven.
0: I you wouldn't know. know about that.
2: <laughs> well, there's there's no longevity in it. You know, there's people that have hits and that's it. And it's that you know, flavor of the month. And then they move on to the next one, next one, next one. And in the rock world, you know, you're finding bands that are finally start to embrace the doing the singles, releasing more singles than, you know, releasing records. It, it would take them longer to put, put out records, which is good. What do you think?
1: I forgot the question now. Why
2: is it why do you think it's difficult?
0: That's because Josh is so enthralling. He is
1: very enthralling. I
0: just look into his eyes.
2: <laughs> but why
0: is it so why hard? Is it like you e- out new music.
1: You know, I, I think a lot of it is because it's, you know, the record deals aren't what they used to be. You know, that's the reason why we went to Kickstarter for for my record. And, you know, there of course there was some label interest. There were people saying, you know, we want to put out this record, we wanna make it happen. But by and large, you know, it's not the way that you're going to make your living now. You know, it's not the way that you're going to pay your rent and pay your mortgage and, you know, make stuff happen. So for us, we have a really modest recording budget. We did a really modest initial ask for the Kickstarter, which was to cover the recording fees and the publicity and the and pressing of the actual album in the first tour. And, uh, and that, was, that was really all we needed it for. And the fact that it really took off the way it did and gave the fans a way to participate, You know, someone very famous said recently that rock is dead. People don't want to buy records anymore. I
0: think I know who that was. Yeah, I
1: think everybody kind of knows, but I don't want to call him out. I will. Everybody kind of knows who said it. And uh, I think, you know, seeing that people really are willing to pay for new music and be involved and be a part of it, you know, show this kind of proves that rock is not dead. People paying for music is not dead. You just need to give them a way to be involved. And I'm glad we did that.
0: Well, I think uh, whoever said rock is dead is selling a particular vault for um,
2: <laughs> who could that be? $50,000
0: uh and uh you know they he goes to your house and he'll play a couple songs.
1: For 50 grand.
0: For 50 grand and I saw a recent uh Saw a recent uh, YouTube video of some guy in Miami who paid for the experience, and uh, it's uh, it's a little rough. Uh, but I'm going to buy the $2,000 uh, version.
2: And so, what do you get to do with that? Well, for, I think for
0: like uh, you meet him at a recording studio, and then you know uh, you get to like hang out with him for five minutes. <laughs> but, but hey, but
1: you get the vault, and if I'm not mistaken, the vaults are all different, right?
0: Well, yeah, you, you get a different. Get like, my one friend got a Rolex. Like, it's, I'll give him this right. without naming him. There are, I mean, I, I wouldn't mind a Rolex. Sure. So let's get, this is not about plugging Gene's vault.
3: <laughs> is that about, who it is? Yeah.
0: I mean, that's from what I understand. Uh, cause I know with Kickstarter, like, my favorite Kickstarter was the Quiet Riot one. Mm-hmm. Uh, that they used to fund their Netflix documentary, sure. which is like so critically acclaimed, which yeah, shows a you, documentary, you yeah. you can get all these great uh, things from Kickstarter. Uh, you know, for, I think it was for $100, you got like a free Quiet Riot uh, drumstick or something. Yeah. For 500, you got like a platinum record, but for $10,000, you could actually be in the documentary.
1: Yeah. That's, it's always funny to me to see, you know, these, these super high up perks that people say you can be the executive producer on my album. And I, I didn't do one of those. And I'll tell you why, like, I just don't see the point. I mean, I know that the real point is it has to be somebody that just wants to contribute and help out. And that's just their way of contributing more. But the Kickstarter platform allows you to do that. You know, if somebody wanted to contribute $10,000 to my record, They could just type in $10,000 and do that. And I think an empty executive producer title just doesn't you know i don't i don't think it really makes a lot of sense
0: well i'd be down for that
1: well i will happily you know just put in your ten thousand dollars i'll write it yeah. in right now well
0: i mean you know we could we might have to negotiate the ten thousand <laughs> well, yeah.
1: dollars right
0: i gotta buy a box set uh
2: wh- so, wait wait so who paid the ten thousand dollars to act chuck, to ask chuck right the question in the documentary
0: well that was the great thing Is the next day i started <laughs> okay. the kickstarter to do a documentary about the guy who paid $10,000 to be in the Quiet Riot documentary.
2: <laughs> so, I would watch that documentary. He was, was he the guy that asked Chuck Wright that question?
0: No, he was the guy. If you watch it again, you'll notice about maybe 50 minutes in, there's this totally random segment of the lawyer uh, who was like a huge Quiet Riot fan. They're interviewing him in his bedroom. And, and it's like, guy. this is the guy. This right. is what 10 grand gets you. Wow. That's
1: actually pretty cool.
2: I watched that documentary because you recommended it.
0: I liked it. You know, I liked
1: it a lot.
2: Yeah,
0: it was good. Like, I'm a big fan of theirs from when they played the Starwood, which is like many, many many, when Randy Rhodes was in them. Uh, So, what did you do? Like, little, not little, but like prizes, like
1: yeah, we did some cool ones. We did, uh, we kind of, I wanted to cover the whole gamut of stuff. You know, like I wanted there to be a lot of different options, and I liked the Protest the Hero Kickstarter. I think they maybe used Indiegogo as a different platform, but. I liked theirs cause it was creative. You know, there's a lot of them, you know, I did a lot of research when we did our Kickstarter and a lot of them were just, you can pre-order the album or we'll come to your house and we'll play a show and, or, or you can get the album on vinyl. And there's like, it goes from $10 to $30 to a thousand dollars to $10,000 and that's it. And I wanted to have some tears for everybody. And I wanted to make it fun too. So we have a uh, pizza night with me and Josh is one of them you can, oh, well, you can i mean i'm in on that uh and then actually we kept having to add more because the pizza nights kept selling out so i think i'm gonna have to add go to the gym with me and josh but at the gym you gotta and go Earl. to it'd probably be the most expensive gym i,
0: I <laughs> don't think that's a selling but maybe it was there might be a fan of oh of
1: all of us oh, yeah. Yeah. it's possible yeah uh, we did one where I'll wear their band t shirt or their brand shirt or your podcast shirt on stage with Alice. Wink, wink. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe I can through Beverly Kills. Yes, yeah. uh, there you go.
1: So, uh, so, there's yeah, there was a lot of really fun ones. And then we did, you know, the higher tier ones, the signed guitars and and whatnot. That was really cool.
0: And is it still ongoing, right?
1: And yeah, it'll be going on until Star Wars Day, May 4th.
0: And where can, do you guys want to give out the, uh, how do people find it?
1: Yeah, it's it's at the top of all my social medias, which is Nita Strauss on Facebook and Hurricane Nita on Twitter and Instagram. And then if you just go to the Kickstarter page and search for my name, Nita Strauss, it'll come up.
0: And, and when is uh, the the hopeful release for this
1: it'll be september of this year
0: around my birthday september 17th actually
1: it will be right around your birthday because i get home from tour with alice i think september 15th so it'll be right after that happy birthday you're welcome
0: maybe you do an earl birthday show
1: there you go
2: (laughs) we'll be doing a uh release party
1: there will be an album release party yeah around that date
2: maybe at the comedy store maybe not
1: maybe it's possible.
2: <laughs> they had a concert there recently. had right, the package, Comedy Store. <laughs> comedy
1: Store, Earl's Birthday Party. Uh,
2: 15 grand. Yeah, well, we, yeah, we have to rent it out. You pay for it. I mean, that's pretty fair. Listen, standard.
0: I'm number nine on iTunes right now. <laughs> I'll pay for it. <laughs> um, now, We Start Wars. What's going on with that?
1: Uh, we're going to get in the studio as well with that band. Uh, we had a little bit of a scheduling conflict, which happens. You know, you try to get Eight people, you know, between the band and producer and engineer and everybody to all be in the same place at the same time—it's really difficult. So uh, we've had some scheduling issues, but we're going to still get in the studio and record with that project as well.
0: How about this? How about a date with a keyboard player? How, how much is that? I, I'd
1: chip <laughs> in five. I'll, I'll text her. Can I pimp you out on my Kickstarter?
0: I mean, you know, no, not for anyone else. I'll just do a private donation. Because <laughs> I was at the whiskey show. Uh, Does she
2: look like a madam to you, man? <laughs>
0: Listen, do you want to <laughs> get the record made or not?
2: <laughs> All right. In that case, get her on the phone.
0: Um. Now, WrestleMania. I'm a big wrestling fan. And uh, I did not know you were going to be at WrestleMania this year. How f- How did that happen?
1: We didn't tell anybody. Like, we didn't tell our parents. We were out in New Orleans. That's where Josh is from. Like, we stayed at his parents' house for a couple of days. And we didn't even tell them. They're like, what did you guys come out here for? And we said, oh, just, you know, see you. See mm-hmm. family. <laughs> Maybe go to WrestleMania. We'll see, but it was amazing. Want
2: to talk? Well, my family also it was funny because they kind of called me out. They're like, "You know, your nephew's birthday is Saturday, right?" I'm like, "Yeah, I, I just I can't make it." And they're kind of looking. Going to
1: NXT like, what? that day,
2: so they're like, this guy has his priorities lost. And I just couldn't tell anybody. You know, they told us not to tell anybody, and uh, I think it's kind of a test. You know, and we didn't. We're like, look, I feel this is we have to keep it quiet because I think it's. Building the trust with the company. And <clears throat> kind of like the the story goes, two and a half years ago, she got into wrestling. And we, how? I Let's not actually, gloss over this okay. stuff, man. <laughs> All right. So you went the in depth one. All right. What do you guys got another podcast to do at four? <laughs> yeah, we got a number one comedy guy. So we're going get- right, to. Well, you know, it's a, cold, but it's a so, tough business. Yeah, you know how it is. Uh, okay. So actually, her first time watching wrestling was when sting came back that wrestlemania so we're like sting is back and i hadn't watched wrestling in a really long time so i was like let's go watch this wrestlemania she's like wrestlemania that's like for kids
1: did I you thought it was like for kids
2: did you know who sting was no
1: i didn't know anybody oh that's heartbreaking i didn't know that the rock was a wrestler
0: <laughs> a lot of people don't
1: No, i, mean, I didn't <laughs> know you know I, I grew up without tv i grew up in a house that you know we didn't have tv in the house so like you know, I had no idea. I didn't know who Sting was. I didn't know about WCW. I didn't know oh. anything. Like, I knew nothing. And when you know, Josh and I had been dating for a couple months, and he said, "I said, what do you want to do this Sunday?" He goes, oh, you know, I want to watch WrestleMania." I was like, "Okay." <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I was curious to you know see Sting in the WWE WWE ring to see what happened. And I'm like, "It's daylight, what?" And I didn't know who any of the people were. Like that ladder match that being, I had no no idea who those people were. So we watched it, and she was just sitting there. I'm like, I don't think you realize how cool it is to see this. And she didn't get it. But uh, we went home. We had the network, and she's like, well, show me some stuff. Why do you like wrestling? I was like, well, you can't look at what you saw the other day. You have to understand where the past came from. So I was like, uh, where do I start? I said, let me show you this, the Monday Night Wars. Oh. So I started showing like the 14-part series that's on the network, which is amazing, by the way. So she watched all of it. She's like, I get it. This is amazing. So she started getting really into it. And I'd come home and she's watching some random Raw 2003. I'm like, what the hell are you watching this for? And she's like, oh, I just, you know, I saw this pay per view and I wanted to follow the storyline. So I went backwards. I didn't
1: understand the feud. I think <coughs> that makes perfect sense.
0: Well, I mean, it's a, you know, it's That's a soap. The network. Yeah. Oh, the network is the greatest. Uh, you know creation uh they do the same thing for ufc if you know if you're not quite like where do i start to watch i mean it's the same premise uh you know i mean every single wcw wwe nwa like they have something for everyone yeah ecw
2: i mean they have it all you can
0: see sting when he was just a young a young body
1: surfer oh surfer (laughs) surfer (laughs) sting was the best that was my favorite
0: um,
2: so we're watching it, and then we she she, she continues to get into it. And uh, we're watching NXT, she's like, Let's watch NXT pay per view. I was like, let uh, okay. take over Brooklyn, and uh, she, <laughs> she's into it I now. Know. Yeah.
1: I know now, she
2: knows. we we'll, we'll question her, you can question her some wrestling stuff because she knows her stuff.
1: I
0: don't even watch NXT, I like the older guys.
2: <laughs> I'm talking about like older stuff, she knows She knows that. Uh, so we're watching it, and Shinsuke Nakamura came out. She's like, Oh my god, this guy's so cool, his music's amazing, His interest is awesome. I was like, Really? Okay, cool. Yeah, song's cool, whatever. So, next day I went out to eat with a friend or something. I came back and I saw her Instagram that she had posted a video. I was like, You posted that? She's like, Yeah. And her friend, Kat, the keyboard player, player, left her keyboard over at our place and neither picked it up, put it out, and started playing Shinsuke's song and posted it on Instagram. She's never played anybody's wrestler entrance before that or since then. So, that was two and a half years ago. So, Uh, this January, I woke up, I looked at her and I said, you're going to play WrestleMania this year and you're going to play Shinsuke Nakamura She's like, what? And I go, yep. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I'm going to find a way to make it happen. So started like just talking to people and, you know, people that I knew and kind of making phone calls and text messages and just started, you know, working, uh, working different, you know, different angles to make it happen. And, uh. You know, the final straw was I was on tour with her in Florida like a week before WrestleMania, and I was like, we didn't hear from anybody really. And I was like, you know what? I think I know what's going to make it happen. And I said, I think I know what's going to make it happen. She's like, what? I was like, when we get to your dressing room tonight, I want you to play the song and perform it, and I'm going to film it. She's like, what? I go, yes. That's what I want you to do. She's like, "Um, all right. So we filmed it. I sent it off to some people. They sent it up to Flagpole. And then uh, about two days later, they said, we want her to play WrestleMania. And just like that, she played Shinsuke Nakamura out at WrestleMania in New Orleans, which is amazing because I'm from New Orleans, huge Saints fan. It's in the Superdome. My first concert I saw was there. And um, obviously, she's kicking ass on top of the world right now. So it was really... It was just an amazing, amazing, amazing experience.
0: Now, what's the adrenaline rush like? I mean, you've been in huge crowds with Alice Cooper, but like I would say wrestling crowds might even rival the the adrenaline rush because it's just such testosterone in those crowds. I mean, do you even hear yourself think when you're out there?
1: No, it was crazy. It was really amazing, you know, like... I don't really get nervous before going on stage. This is like a really unfamiliar, like uncharted thing for me to be like so amped up, you know, like I I had nerves, but it wasn't like, Oh my gosh, I hope nothing goes wrong. Was I was just so excited. I hadn't gotten any sleep for like a week before mania. And we just got confirmed that week. You know, it was just barely barely a week before that we knew we were gonna do it. So I didn't get any sleep for a whole week. I was just so hyped up, you know, just like running on Monster energy drinks and and lack of sleep. And uh to be out there with that energy and that was the match everybody wanted to see, you know, oh, that was yeah. the dream match. Everybody including myself was so excited to see that match. So being out there in the anticipation and the tension in the room, you know, the arena was completely black. I could barely see where I was walking. They they put a little pair of footprints on this, on the ramp to show me where I should stand. And I said, it's okay. So I put my feet on the footprints and then you could just feel the tension and excitement in the air. And it was really, really amazing to be a part of.
2: And it's cool. is like when you look back on it, I mean, I don't know how far you want to get into it, but like, you know, from rehearsals to being in gorilla position, being next to Vince. Being, uh, you know, all that stuff was really cool. We're in guerrilla position before AJ and Shinsuke came out. When we when, when got back her guitar later, it was Brock and Roman in there. We're just like, it was such an amazing thing. And most importantly, man, the WWE people from Vince to Shane to Stephanie to Kevin Dunn to Michael to Triple H to, I mean, there were so many people, everybody, the camera guys, the social media guys, super cool, treated this. The best we've ever been treated by any company band ever. I mean, it was so amazing the way they treated us. And they were just like, yeah, just like, you know, it's it's not the last time. This is the first time, you know, you guys are, you guys are in it with us. And like, I mean, just the respect level and how accommodating they were. It was just, it was so eye open to be like, why can't all companies and band organizations work this way? It was really cool. It was really, really cool. Well, they
0: don't get it. Like, that's why they're number one. That's why they have no competition. Like Yeah. Yeah. It's, because they're the best.
2: It was just like, you know, I grew up watching wrestling as a kid and being in gorilla position and, you know, hearing all the stuff about gorilla and seeing Vince and just seeing all these people that, you know, you know that what they do and the influence they have and just being so, you know, just welcoming to us was really, really cool.
0: Now, For you younger fans out there, not knowing what the gorilla position is, <laughs> that it sounds like a bizarre sexual, uh, whatever it's where gorilla monsoon would stand behind the curtain and tell the wrestlers to go out. And believe me, when gorilla monsoon told you something, you did it. Uh, so it's like, it's the best seat in the house. Cause yeah. you're like, it's like pushing you and Alice Cooper out on stage is like, go now.
2: And now it's closed off back then. It was just a table by the curtain. Now it's like a closed-off area, so that's kind of like holy grail territory to be in. You know, it's kind of like uh, you only you're only there if you're asked to be there, if you're you know you're working. So there's like Vince and uh, Michael Hayes and uh, Road Dogg, and you know Triple H will coming in and out of there, and you're just like sitting there like wow whoa <laughs> you know it's yeah. like and we got there at noon that day, and I guess you could tell about the rehearsals of the
3: yeah
0: I mean what's what what was the sound check process like because I imagine like the they're busy setting up the stage and and like the crowds there so they can't really watch you like they don't want you out there well i mean do you rehearse somewhere else and then just hope it goes well
1: oh there's no there was no real rehearsal so it was there was a sound check we got there at noon on sunday on wrestlemania sunday and uh we got there at noon we went out on stage at one o'clock we ran through it three times and that's when i met shinsuke on stage that day And I said to him, you know, I shook his hand. I said, I just want to thank you very, very much for this opportunity to play your music. And he said, well, you're welcome. But to be honest, I didn't know it was happening. So, uh, so really, I know I had to go back and thank, thank everyone else in the back really for the opportunity. Uh, but yeah, we went through it once and then Shinsuke wanted to watch it back and see what it looked like, see how, what I was doing and hear what I was doing. And then we did it twice more and then they opened the doors and it was WrestleMania.
2: And what was cool? It's like we even like going back to the invite us to NXT the day the night before. They're like, we want you to come meet Triple H. Like, cool. And he came and talked to us. And he was so cool. He was just like, yeah, your name had been circulating for a little bit, and just basically like it was a synergy of people we were talking to and him having his pulse on what's going on. And he was just like, yeah, your name kept coming up, and we wanted to do something with you. So it was just a matter of everything's just this year for Nita has been right place right time stars aligning so it was really cool and what's interesting they asked us to be there at noon the next day and um, you know Vince has already been there for a really long time I think they got there like 8 in the morning I mean, that guy's a, a beast and just oh. seeing him work was really interesting I mean he's so laser focused and I'm I'm five feet away from the guy and he's just like just in it you know and uh, we got there at, uh, at noon they start running it so my head is the manager side started coming out and I was like looking I was like well, where are they gonna put her? Are they gonna put her in the back? Is she gonna be like the faceless guitar player chick? Like, how is this gonna work? You know, I'm like, well, it doesn't matter. We're here. That's, doesn't matter. We'll, we'll, we'll make this work. It'll be cool. Like, whatever. And then I, I saw a bunch of drummers lined up there and stuff. I was like, oh, she's gonna get lost out there. It sucks. Whatever. So they're like, okay, we're gonna start sound check. So they bring her out and they bring her all the way to the end of the ramp. I'm like, whoa.
0: That was a sweep. And I'm like,
2: okay, this is awesome. I'm like, well, wait a second. Are they going to mention her or is she still going to be a faceless guitar player? So actually, when she was sound checking, the wireless wasn't working at all. And they were like, I don't know if uh, we can do this, have you down here. Is that the furthest you can go? We're going to have to wire you in. She's like, well, you guys wire me in. I have to be at the top. And I was like, oh, God, please don't let this happen. They're like, all right, we're going to figure this out. Went and got another wireless, brought it. It worked. It was like a different kind of. Wireless or vocal wireless yeah it wasn't
1: even a guitar wireless which is why the guitar sounded a little wonky
2: yeah it sounded a little wonky when you hear it back but you know I was in gorilla when she was going out and I was like recording stuff on her phone like right when she was there was such a cool experience she goes out of the curtain like the wrestler and I'm here watching in the back with like Vince I see Vince stand up and he's like nodding his head going on and as it's happening and I'm like okay cool they yeah you know, they gave it her the first ten seconds let her play, and then they went to the intro, and then they mentioned her, you know. 31 years ago, Alice Cooper, you know, did WrestleMania three, and now his guitar player, superstar, you know, Nita Strauss is playing out, superstar, rock star Shinsuke Nakamura, I was like, yes. They mentioned her, you know, it was just like, it couldn't have gone any better. And every, I mean, it was just amazing. And then they filmed stuff with her afterwards that they put out on social media. And then they did a thing with a spot with Elias, with her. He's funny. He's cool. Yeah, he's cool guy. He's cool guy. I mean, this all the experiences through the weekend were really uh were really amazing, like hanging out with the wrestlers and stuff like that. Um, uh, but as far as like the playing wise, that was it couldn't have gone any better. I mean, you not have asked for anything better. She was a, she was featured right in the front. Oh yeah. You know, I mean it's just and named. That's amazing. And he did stuff on her and released her out on social media. And it was—we just got this they sent us the stats today of everything that she was mentioning. It was pretty staggering, and her everything changed with her overnight. It was just really cool to see, and all—all that's that's, all thankful to the WWE because they were really amazing people.
0: I mean, I love the WWE. I mean, you know, they brought Sting back. I mean, <laughs> I wish it would have ended a little better, but like,
2: you know, who knows?
0: Maybe you could play Sting. Yeah, it's got that Alice Cooper type. Uh, one more match with The Undertaker? Crow sting. I hope so.
2: Of course. Tell what you tell your experiences of uh, meeting the wrestlers and stuff?
0: Like, who was your favorite? Like, because uh, I'm assuming, like, you know, you knew who Triple H was and, and uh some of the more famous ones, but like who was your favorite wrestler to go, Oh my God, I want to meet this person.
1: You know, it was so funny because we were around everybody and we just didn't want to get in the way. You know, we were, we were the new kids on the block and we didn't really want to, you know, we were at catering and we saw Shawn Michaels and everybody there. And there's nothing worse than someone bothering you when you're eating at catering. You know, I, it's happened to me a thousand times and I didn't want to be that guy. That's like, Hey, can you put your fork down and, and talk to me for a second? Right. So it was funny, you know, being sort of, like fringe circling around these, you know, these people and and just not wanting to bother them. So it was it was cool being a fly on the wall and seeing it happen. But the funniest one that we met for sure was the Big Show. Because I was in my dressing room, we got a text from WWE's music supervisor and he said, Big Show is a catering and he wants to meet you. Really? And we were like, Okay, like we're on we're on our way. So we're just, you know, we had to run around all the whole Superdome. My dressing room was all the way on the other end. And we ran down there and Big Show in front of everybody, in front of Shawn Michaels, in front of, you know, there's every single wrestler on the rosters and catering at that Probably point. There
2: like 70 people in the back at this point.
1: And Big Show stands up and in his big booming voice, he goes, Oh my God, Danita Strauss, I've been wanting to meet you for so long. And he just put me over in front of everybody like crazy you know i've been wanting to meet you does everybody know who this girl is this girl is the best female guitar player in the world maybe the best guitar player in the world and i was going no i don't know you know like he goes come on i want to take a picture with you he pulled us right out to the side where you could see the wrestlemania sign and stuff and took a picture with us and if you look at the picture i'll send it to you please the size of this guy's hand you see his hand on my shoulder it's actually much bigger than my head yeah, I mean, insane.
0: He's a he's a big dude. He's so
1: Super cool nice.
2: too.
0: Super cool. I think most of them are like. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. Know, it's like in any. I'm sure there's a few musicians who maybe aren't.
2: Nobody was rude. Nobody, nobody by by any stretch of the imagination was rude or not cool. Just some weren't like uh like uh, pass by and say you know they would like some would say a lot of them would like hey what's up my name's whatever but some of them were just to themselves which is whatever you know. Right. That's the way you know. Maybe they don't want to be bothered. Maybe they they don't they don't have to say hello to everybody. But everybody we met was really cool. The funniest thing is, so Nita watches you know wrestling and some of the people like she's just not a fan of like their character or whatever. Right. And it's, it's very weird. Like when I say something, it usually happens. So I it's I have to watch what I say because sometimes really weird things happen. But I'm like, what if when we get there, everybody that you're not a fan of, you know, wrestling wise, character wise, just Loves you. And she's like, oh, please, whatever. And one of the first people that we see, we're actually in the elevator with him, is the guy Elias. And I've liked his character since the beginning. He's funny. I told her in the beginning, I was like, that guy's gonna be something. I don't know what it is, but that guy's, he's going somewhere. She's like, oh, I just don't get it. I don't
1: like crappy guitar players. He's a crappy guitar player. (laughs) And that's his
2: gimmick. His gimmick is that's his.
0: But why is he a crappy guitar player? Like, let's like, let's break this down for the rest. Because we get a lot of wrestling fans because of me being on Roddy Piper's podcast. Right, right, right. Uh, What makes Elias a crappy guitar
3: player?
1: You know, I mean, he's, he's sort of like that guitar player that all guitar players hate having to deal with, that we all have had to deal with. And now that I get that it's his gimmick, I don't really, you know, and now I, I don't hate him as much, but I remember him, you know, he was coming out and he's just this egotistical jerk, which is his character. I don't think it's him. I don't right. think it's coming from him, <laughs> you know, but his character is just like this jerk who thinks he's so great when he's really not a proficient guitar player. And as as a, a guitar player, that's what I do. I go, oh gosh, another one of these. And I right. am just like, Oh, like and of course we meet him and he's so nice, he's so, so humble cool. and so, so cool. cool. Like I was like, oh, shit.
2: such a cool Thanks. guy, so nice. Like we got along immediately. I got a picture of them too in gorilla with his guitar. And oh really? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. And like he was, he's just, he was actually just one of the nicest guys we met. But he was like the first guy we ran into, and he was in the elevator with us. And so we I'm were like,
1: staying. We were actually staying in the rooms across the hall from each other <laughs> at the hotel. <laughs> and
2: I was like, uh, so they, I was like, see, look at that. What do you know? Here's one, you know. And as the weekend progressed, every single person that she wasn't a big Big Show was one of them. She's wasn't she's she doesn't like like the big guys like the Vaders and all that. She's more. Tell me here you like.
0: Dolph Ziggler.
1: I, I, thanks for throwing me under the bus. No, I
2: mean, it's, it's, not, it's not as a person. It's just, who do you like to watch? You like Dolph Ziggler. I, mean, I don't back.
1: like Dolph Ziggler. So give me a little bit of credit here. I mean, <laughs> I, mean I like I like watching more technical wrestlers. You I know, mean, I like Rey Mysterio and RVD. Like, I like high flyers. I like watching 205 Live and watching the guys that are, like, doing cool stuff.
2: Like the luchador guys. You know, she likes the high flyers. So, you know, it's, it's just a preference thing, you know. But, like, a lot of the people that we had met... Like, all the, you know, the the ones that she was, like, kind of like, ah, I'm not a fan of their character. I'm not a fan of, like, you know, how they are on TV were the ones that we got to hang out with a lot. And we're all super, super cool. I loved her. Like, somebody's like, oh, hey, oh, my God, I'm a huge fan. And it was just so funny how things happen and things work themselves out. But everybody was really, really cool to us, man. We went to the, the after party at WrestleMania night. Like, we got to hang out with a bunch of the people. And everybody was just... Blown away, and we're just you know, like, "Oh my god!" I saw the performance; it gave me chills and all that stuff. And it was just so cool to see like the two worlds collide, and um, the respect level, you know, from performers from what they do and performers from what she does. You know, it was it was a it was a main topic conversation. And it's cool because it's not like she was in a band that was playing; it was the guitar player of the band that was there. I mean, she was featured and spotlighted, so. It's very, very cool to see.
0: Did you meet Ronda Rousey?
1: Yeah, we actually, uh, we went over to Ronda's and barbecued yesterday. Really? Which is really cool. Yeah.
0: I mean, she's, uh, that was a very, uh, you know, I think there are a lot of concerns about how she would do. And uh, a lot. I mean, it's two totally different, real fighting. And what did what were your thoughts on that match? Um, <laughs> I mean. I, you know, I don't want to burn any bridges for you guys. Uh, uh, she's great. I mean, she did better than I thought. I mean, it, it's... Uh, what didn't
2: you like about the match? Well,
0: I I think... Um, I, I know wrestling is scripted, but, you know, I think wrestling fans now like almost a hint of realism, and it, it's, I think, hard to sell her as an ass kicker. She could kill me in two seconds. Mm. Uh, but... You know, since the way her um, MMA career ended, you know, with two pretty bad losses, it's, it's a tough sell to go, she's the toughest woman on the planet. Uh, you know, but
2: I mean, it's. I could see that. But I mean, on the fighting aspect, if you look at like somebody like Mike Tyson, who his last, you know, five fights were awful. I mean, he's still like. I don't want to mess with Mike Tyson right now. Oh no,
0: I don't want to mess with Ronda either. Like, I think uh, the more believable storyline would be if Cyborg uh, were brought in as a total villain, and then. uh, But Ronda's great. Like she's uh, because she had a you know incredible relationship with Rowdy Piper, Mm -hmm. and she kind of takes after that. Uh, I could see her being a bad girl
2: or. Face. I mean, I was skeptical watching the match. I think we were. I think everybody was. I wasn't.
1: I knew she was going to be amazing.
2: Well, you know, just watching the fact. I mean, obviously, she's a great athlete. The hardest part about wrestling in general is not doing the moves so much. I mean, it's obviously a huge part of it, but it's the selling part of it. It's the the theatrical part of it. And when we're watching the match, you're like, man, okay, let's see what happens. You know, not you know, a lot of people thought that it could be a squash match and, and fast. It was a full match. And she did a really good job selling, and she did a really good job. Like, I mean, even like just the different spots of picking up Triple H. I mean, there was a lot of stuff in that match that I was like, wow. And you see, if you look look at it, it's like the selling that she did, the facial expressions, the way they told the story, and the way it moved. I mean, that's a pretty damn good debut, I thought.
0: Oh, I think it's the best debut I've ever seen. Yeah, like it was
2: really, did. it was really, really good. I thought she did an amazing job. I really do.
0: I mean, she has the potential to be a. Uh huge star in pro wrestling if she takes it seriously, which I think she is. Yeah. Uh, she strikes me as the type that's not going to do anything half-ass.
1: Yeah, definitely. She's got a ring set up at her place. Like she said, she, she practices every single day. She's really taking it seriously.
0: So, because I think she respects Roddy so much. I think that was his jacket that she had on.
1: It was, yeah.
0: Which mm-hmm. is, I've had that jacket on. Like it's a religious experience to put that jacket on. You I just...
2: That. that was so crazy what when you think about that when roddy died like i was supposed to come here
0: he was supposed to the day he passed he was on well he was supposed to be on his
2: way here i remember you invited me the day before yeah at the gym you're like he's gonna be there tomorrow you should come over i'm like okay uh,
0: i was all excited and uh i even called him that morning and was like hey i got your favorite water he liked dasani uh (laughs) and uh you talked to him that morning No, I talked to him the night before. I still have the voicemail. I cry every time I uh, hear it because you could tell he was tired. And, uh, you know, looking back, I just thought he was tired. But, uh, you know, he he probably was a little bit more than that. And uh, I called him and said, I got your water. And uh, someone texted me back. I think it was his wife, Kitty. Um, And uh, they just said, you're not going to. I think it already passed. So,
2: uh, yeah, I texted you leaving the gym to come over here. And I was like, hey, somebody just texted me. Is this true? And you're like, yeah, he, he died.
0: Oh my God, like, I cried like, uh, more than I did when my parents. But I was just like, because like, he was so, uh, he's like a superhero. Like, um, you know, so.
2: I met it, him one time and he was, you know, like Piper since, when i was a kid and he was was so cool about meeting him was he was like the kind of guy like when you met him he you know he was listening to you and made you feel like you were the only person in the room i oh, was absolutely. talking to he was really good at that and i saw him do that to a lot of you know everybody he was talking to i was like that's so cool yeah you know and i actually got to tell him like you know as i was you know when i was a kid growing up i always looked up to you because you were like the guy that like stood up you know and i always respected that. he's like man thank you very much for telling me that so, well
0: he would like come to the comedy store and he'd you know, he wasn't the best comic, to be honest with you. And and he would agree with me. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's looking down on me. But he would tell these amazing stories. He would do like 10 minutes of jokes and then they'd he'd kind of fade pretty fast. And uh, he'd rely on us to ask questions in the back. And no one would have the guts to ask him anything except for me. So <laughs> I would course I would ask him like the stupidest questions like you know
1: <laughs> like what would you ask him
0: uh yeah, like was kamala really from uganda <laughs> <laughs> and kamala was from south carolina right. and just don't like how big were mark henry's shits uh, <laughs> uh and he would have a mark henry story for 20 minutes sure not necessarily about his bowel movements but like
1: hopefully
0: not well <laughs> it's, he did have one for me but uh you know he he would you would just throw him something and he'd go on for twenty minutes, and then uh, so he was just a. He's the only, I think he's the only non stand up to have his name on the comedy store wall.
3: Oh, uh, wow!
0: So I I know you could see in Rhonda's uh, eyes and her actions like she's going. I'm not going to disrespect Roddy by you know because there've been some celebrities who've tried to cross over to wrestling that it's. You know, even like when Alice did WrestleMania with Jake the Snake, he brought out Mm Damien. You could tell he was very, here's a rock beyond a legend, but he was in their world. And he was very respectful of like, okay, I'm not a Cobo Hall. This is
1: He didn't try to make it about him. Right. Which I thought was really cool.
0: And I think a lot of, like Trump probably did. You know, it's crazy that our president's in the Hall of Fame. But I
1: was going to say, like, when you say that, when you think about the Trump and wrestling connection, I mean, if you watch those old matches where Vince has his head shaved and stuff with Trump, that's pretty funny.
0: Oh, yeah. I thought.
1: <laughs> you know, Whether you love Trump or you hate him, if you go back on the network and type in Donald Trump and you watch that storyline develop. I mean, that is when they bring out the barber chair and they're shaving Vince's head. I mean, like, you cannot not laugh watching that, no matter what your feelings are about politics.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, I'd love Vince. I mean, Vince will do anything to, like, make the storyline completely real. Like, you know, that's why I think we all love wrestling, because it's it's a fantasy world. Like, you know, you work incredibly touring and recording. is you know, mundane, I guess, at some points for you. And, like, to watch the network is probably, like, it's a stress release of... Oh my God! The Big Show just fell off a building. I wonder yeah, if he's God. alive.
1: <laughs> no, really, Stone Cold just filled that guy's car with cement. Like,
0: <laughs> yeah, like
3: car.
0: I must. I want you this weekend to look up Capital Combat. Okay. 1991, when uh, Sting was kicked out of the Four Horsemen, and the Four Horsemen were beating him up. And Robocop. Oh God!
2: I
1: don't think you haven't seen that. No,
0: it is. Let
1: me watch WCW because if (sighs) I put it on, I have to listen to this the whole time. It's (sighs) awful.
0: It's so bad. It's good because (laughs) that's uh,
1: how it sounds like at our house when I put WCW on. I'm like, why? What?
2: (sighs) Uh, I was never a fan. Uh, fan.
1: And then he'll just get on his phone and just and sulk until I change it.
0: But it's the greatest because no one. (sighs) This would have never have happened with Vince. Ever. But they didn't figure out that oh, it's gonna to take rope you've walked the ramp you know you're very able-bodied so probably took you 20 seconds to get into your position they didn't think well robocop can't move (laughs) you know he literally because it's a You know, it's uh, the real costume. It's gonna take him 20 minutes to get to Sting, (laughs) so they had to improvise for 20 minutes. Well, don't
1: ruin it. I want to watch
0: it. Uh, Absolutely no, I won't. I want to
1: watch it. This is our date night now. Yes. Happy Friday, thing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So you'll you'll. Why don't you cook Nita some dinner while she watches the twenty minute Robocop walk.
1: Yeah, baby, why don't you cook me some dinner?
2: Yep, right in the microwave. <laughs> right. I mean, come on. She got you in the
0: gorilla position at WrestleMania. And you know wow. most guys would kill.
2: I Think it was a collaboration, but yeah. Well you got her there, but she got <laughs> it was a it was a group effort and definitely a team put, effort. We uh we lived, you know, it was awesome. Just okay, like, I'll cook dinner. Oh yeah, no, so you're I not cooking dinner. dinner. I'm ready for both of us. So it was cool. Yeah.
0: Now this is where we cut off the Facebook Live. Aww. So we're we going but, to. What are we going into next? We're, week? we're going to yeah. iTunes and SoundCloud, and we have an Alice Cooper alumni. Who's that? In the Facebook Live, uh, currently the drummer in Kiss, Mr. Eric Singer, Whoa. Is, Singer? is waving. Hello. What's up? Um. I have Eric. not
2: met any of the drummers of Kiss.
0: Well, well, you're not going to meet one of them. It's going to be real tough to meet Eric Carr. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's going to be tough. But uh, you know, Peter Chris is uh, you know he's Somewhere. around. Yeah. Uh, Vinny Vincent will be at the
2: Nashville Rockin' Pod. Uh, maybe uh, Chuck, yeah, hey, we'll be there get, get your maybe get your box set signed. You know, I've told that story a bunch of times. Like. Ever since Vinnie Vince has come back, you should bring the box set, the empty box set that he sent and get it signed. (laughs) It's a a bone of, uh, you know, it's possible. I mean, it'd be great. Like, this is what I got and I received nothing. So can you sign this?
0: Well, he's come. Well, Vinnie has come out uh, and said he's going to make it right with all the people he's... um, Really? Whose shipments got lost. Really?
1: Like, is he in the program? Is he making amends?
0: Well, I I think he's got other issues at the moment other than (laughs) his box set, but... um he says he's going to give each fan who ordered one a second
2: free box set. Really? I,
0: I, I don't really want... I just want the one I paid for. <laughs> right.
2: I don't want a fucking second one. <laughs> I tell, I've told that story like three times in the last week because it's so hilarious. Well, I mean, were you a Vinny Vincent fan?
1: Uh, I mean, I liked that double V guitar that he had, but as far as anything else, not so much.
0: Because, well, I've always wanted to get a guitar player's view on him. Like, to me, I'm just a fan. I can't play. Uh, to me, he maybe overindulged a little bit in the solos. Uh, it's like, dude, I I know you can play. How about letting yeah. the song breathe? Yeah.
2: He was very uh, different from the typical Kiss style.
0: But I felt he was the perfect fit. I, I don't know if Ace could have played with Kiss in the 80s because they wanted... Jakey e. Lee, uh, George Lynch, D. Martini type of uh, faster playing, I guess. And I, I'm not saying Ace couldn't play that, but maybe he wasn't the right fit. He was the perfect fit at the time.
1: Well, there's that great quote from Ace where he said, "If I would have known I was going to inspire that many guitar players, I would have practiced more." <laughs> <laughs> and I think you know, I think that is the perfect way to say it. You know, he's not really that super innovator guitar player i mean he is a guitar player that a lot of other guitar players copy you know but he's not that guy that you're gonna say ace Freely can play stuff that no one else can play like steve Vai or jakey lee or you know or brad gillis or any of those guys that are just the super virtuoso players. so vinnie vincent definitely was more on that that level of playing and that speed than ace was i would say
2: here's a cool kiss story that actually relates to a couple days ago um paul stanley uh we're at the ascap awards and a lot of people don't know, but Nita uh, was, used to play for LA Kiss. And she would play the, the national- football team, the football not the team. cover band. <laughs> <laughs> and she used to play the national anthem. And so she had met, uh, Ashley, why don't you tell the story? And, the arena football team. Yeah.
1: The arena football team, yeah. Which story are you talking about?
2: So she was playing for the LA uh, Kiss team, so they knew who she was and whatever. And her last day, uh, Paul Stanley came up to her and said- um, well, okay, hold on. The video of her playing the national anthem is what was sent to uh, Bob Ezrin to have them look at her to see if she could play an, an Alice Cooper. And the last day,
1: yeah, the last day of, at, at uh, the LA Kiss Games, I was leaving the arena and I knew I was leaving, you know, mid season to go join the Molly Crew tour. And uh, and Paul was was walking in, I was walking out. We were about twenty feet from each other. And I was going to say bye. And then I just didn't want, it was again, like, I just didn't want to bug him. He was walking with a purpose. He seemed busy. I was, you know, I was like, I'll send an email and say, thank you. Um, But I think I just waited and said, bye, Paul, thank you very much. And, and he said, Nita, and he turned and walked like 20 feet back to me to completely out of his way. And he said, I'd heard that we're losing you. You know, we're all really, really bummed out. We're sad that it's your last day, but if we have to lose you to any organization, I'm really glad that it's Alice Cooper. You know, we shared a drummer for a while, hey, Eric.
0: <laughs> the great Eric Singer. <laughs> yeah.
1: He said we shared a drummer for a while. It's a great camp. I know Eric will be the first one to agree with me on that. How amazing the Alice Cooper camp is to be a part of. And uh, he said, if we have to lose you to anybody, I'm really glad it's Alice Cooper. You're going to do really well there.
2: And, and you have. And, and that goes full circle. A couple, two days ago, three days ago, she was able to say.
1: I told him that. Yeah. I yeah. told I told Paul that story at the ASCAP Pop Awards how much that meant to me.
0: Well, I mean, like Paul Stanley says something, it's like, well,
1: it was just so kind, you know, like it's stuff like that really stands out to me when someone goes out of their way to, to be kind in this business, you know, like it, like the WWE was with us, they treated us like rock stars, you know? So when somebody goes out of their way to make you feel special and make you feel like a rock star and make you feel wanted there, you know, it's one thing to say, you know, when I, when my first day, when I met Gene, Gene, I said, thank you very much for the opportunity. He said, You're very welcome. Very glad to have you on board. And that was that. I was really thankful, you know, but to have Paul really go out of his way to say, I know this is what's happening. We're going to miss you around here. Thank you for your time. And and you're going to do really well with Alice. Like It really meant a lot to me.
0: I'm surprised Gene didn't try and sell you a box.
1: <laughs> Special LA Kiss one with a commemorative program.
0: Don't put it in his head. Now <laughs> We're going to cut off the Facebook Live. So for the Facebook Live people, we got a Kickstarter. We want you. Nita's one of the coolest. You know, support her. You like her music? It all helps if we all chip in a it little works. bit. So I'll where can people find it? Uh, uh, say it again for the uh, fans on all your social media sites.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll post the link here in the comments. I'll find it. But uh, my, so my Facebook is Nita Strauss, N-I-T-A-S-T-R-A-U-S-S. And I'm Hurricane Nita on the Instagram and the Twitter.
0: All right, guys. I don't ask you guys for much other than leave a goddamn review for this podcast. <laughs> it's really not that hard. If you're not going to leave a review on the podcast, go to Nita's Kickstarter buy beverly kills clothing josh stick out your chest for a second i mean it's really is they got some great shirts and has a person who deals with a lot of shitheads in my business ego kills Talent. they've they've got a lot of great sayings on their shirts that you will love being seen and josh where can uh people uh, check that out
2: on social media it's beverly kills ca And you can go to beverlykills.com and everything's there. And then my social media is The Josh V's and Victor.
0: All right, guys. You're going to have to go on iTunes to listen to the rest. Inappropriate Earl SoundCloud and iTunes. I love you all. All right, Nita. Now that we got all the plugs out of the way. Mm. I was recently on Netflix, saw the Twisted Sister documentary, the Quiet Riot documentary. And then I popped on because I am friends with Brent Fitz. Mm-hmm. The great drummer, another Alice Cooper drummer. He was in for a bit. Right. Uh, currently with Slash, with Miles Kennedy, the and the Conspirators. That's a Jesus Hell Christ of a band. A great Todd Kearns, the, the Frankie on rhythm guitar. Uh, there was a documentary called Hired Guns. Yes. That uh, I did not know you were in. I was watching because Jason Hook was in it. Mm-hmm. I think he. I think it's his documentary.
1: He was a big part of it. I think it was. It was him and a couple other people that put the whole thing together. Yeah.
0: And I loved it. It
1: was be, cool.
0: Because, like, it kind of bummed me out about the drummer from Billy Joel. Yeah. Uh, Liberty DeVito. I mean, you know, that's why I never want to meet people, because he seemed a little on the, I, I, I don't know. later uh, I mean, I know, I'm sure he's a great guy. Uh, but, like, you were a great, like, you know, Alice was great, you know, talking about, you know, being a hired gun. like. Yeah. You know, is the, do you do you like that label or?
1: Oh, I don't mind it. I don't mind it at all. You know, I don't mind being called a female guitar player either. You know, if it's what I am, it's what I do. You might as well say I'm a guitar player from LA. You know, so being a hired gun, that's what I do. I'm I'm a hired guitar player. Maybe it'll get the word out there, and people, more people will hire me.
0: Well, I mean, I don't like calling you a female guitar player. Like, uh, I saw this bass player by the name of Tall Wilkenfeld. And- I love her. And everyone, I hate it when people call her uh, a female bass player. But that's what she is. But just call her a bass player.
1: No, that's what she is too. But I'm saying like, you know, if I spend a bunch of time getting all bummed out about everybody that said that I'm a blonde female guitar player, like, well, how could I really get that bummed out about I'm sitting here as a blonde female guitar player talking to you about stuff. So it's, it just is what it is. Well, just, it's kind of the same thing with Hired Gun. I could say, well, you know, I'm not a hired guitar player. I'm just a guitar player. But... Reality is I do get paid to play other people's songs on the guitar. So that's just, yeah, that's just what it is.
0: But uh, do you find, uh, and I think I asked you this before, but I have so many new listeners now. Uh,
1: Fancy.
0: Well, you know, hard work pays off, I guess. Yes. Uh, if you're a nice person, good things could happen to you. Definitely. Uh, like... You know, I, I don't know how Vinny and Mark St. John I'll even throw a Mark St. John reference there out go. there. I, I love Animal Eyes, but I think I just <laughs> I think I just lost listeners saying that. Uh, he wasn't in KISS for very long, but I'm sure they were under pressure to sound like Ace, you know, and I'm sure Bruce Kulick was told, you know, even when they were playing the the eighties sound like Vinny. Uh, do you ever uh, were you ever told that like you know, or did Alice say just give my songs your spin.
1: Uh a little more at the beginning. They gave me more direction at the beginning, uh, but I think once they saw how well we gelled, you know, there's three guitar players in the bands myself and Ryan Roxy and Tommy Henriksen. And you're nodding because you know so many bands Ryan has been in.
0: <laughs> I mean, I saw Ryan when he was in Glam Nation with Eric Singer.
1: What about Candy?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I I've a big What
1: about DPM? <laughs>
0: pornos for not pornos Dad, for porno pirate yes with the uh, mike Fassano on mike drums Fasano
1: and uh carrie kelly was carrie
0: it? kelly was mm-hmm. in so many bands uh I, his resume is gonna be 100 yeah, pages no
1: it is really and and you know ryan will be the first person to say i you know i steal this quote from ryan and i credit him all the time i've been in 100 bands 99 that you never heard of and that's uh and that's what gets you to, to alice cooper you know i'm sure eric singer has been in 100 bands 99 of which you never heard of and and so has red beach and so has oh so God. have you know al petrelli and all the amazing guitar players that have you know gone before me in alice cooper what
2: band was he in when you gave him a ride uh ryan roxy yeah. i gave him
0: uh, eric what singer
1: gave him a ride Tell exactly a i
0: gave uh it's a great eric singer but story We are in
1: west hollywood
0: i gave five guys a ride to kiss uh um, this shows you how tight with the dollar gene can be uh eric singer had called me up and said hey i got two tickets to see kiss i think uh skid row was opening for them at the pond uh, which is the honda center i think when you played it Um, yeah that's where the la kiss
1: games
0: were and uh i said to eric well i only need one ticket he's like well you gotta buy both i'm like well i only need one he's like well gene made me buy both right like he was in kiss right like i'm like what are you talking about like so i had to buy two tickets from eric singer and give him a ride to the <laughs> concert with uh ryan roxy uh teddy andreas teddy
1: exact.
0: yes uh, and uh, Stefan adika
1: Oh my Who's, gosh. Ryan I'm gonna make Ryan listen to this and he's gonna laugh so hard because we talked about all those names all the time.
0: Well I'm obsessed with Stefan Adika, yeah. who was I think the twelfth bass player in LA Guns. Mm-hmm. Um and they were constantly uh, berating my driving skills because I was nervous. Like, you know, I didn't really know Eric. I'm like, oh my god, I'm in the car with the drummer from Kiss. Like, it's kind of starstruck. And he's kind of yelling at me to go here and go with the shortcuts and let's stop off at a deli. He could get a deal <laughs> for five sandwiches. You're like, all right, the stardom has worn off. Yeah, it's like <laughs> about halfway up to five. I'm like, this fucking sucks. <laughs> and Ryan Roxy's calling me Kennedy because uh, my aunt is. Ethel Kennedy right. I'm not trying to impress you but, but you, know, you know Ryan Roxy was very obsessed with that so he's never to this day called me Earl he's right. Kennedy, Kennedy. Um, so we get to the concert I said guys I'll meet you inside I gotta unload this extra ticket so I go in where all the scalpers are I sell the ticket for $100 Long story short, uh, halfway through the concert, the guy sits next to me and goes, hey, bro, how much did you pay for your ticket? And I knew this was the guy who had had to buy it from the scalpers. I'm like, oh, dude, I don't remember. it. How much did you pay for your ticket? He's like, $700. What? So that shows you how much the... First of all, Eric, you're probably listening to this going, wow, I could have made another $600. Uh, (laughs)
2: Sorry.
0: Sorry. Uh, So that just goes to show you the markup. Uh, and then, you know, I dropped off Ryan Roxy and Stefan at... Uh, there was a band in L.A. called the Peppermint Creeps mm. that were... Uh, they wore... um Do they pink hair? Yes.
1: And like white face paint? Yes, they so were... Like the band a girl's name?
0: They weren't the best uh, uh, technical band. They were like a cult... Uh, I, I uh, kind of a cartoon.
1: Like kind of a glam punk rock sounding, right? They I yeah, they have flyers everywhere. They have flyers at every rehearsal studio and every
0: yeah. I mean, they're. Uh- if stardom was so based the on the band
1: was named Tracy or Lizzie or yeah Charlie or,
0: b- all three right <laughs> you just probably named every bit
1: Charlie probably not Charlie because Charlie could be a boy's name
0: well I mean listen uh, uh, Vinnie Ryan will text
1: me and tell me which one it is
0: and I so I dropped them off at some party the peppermint creeps were playing at and I'll just never forget pitbulls were running around unchained uh, and. And Ryan Roxy just thought it was the greatest thing on earth. And then Corey Feldman came in to sing a few tunes. And uh, he just introduced me to Corey Feldman as his... Hey, this is my good friend Kennedy. I'm like, my name's really Earl.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Ryan, to this day, still does find the most interesting parties to go to.
0: I'll never forget this party. It was on Highland, uh, right uh, across from where you guys played outdoors for Jimmy Kimmel. It was literally across. And it was just... uh, it's like the bar in Star Wars with dogs the running around. Band. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, it was, Peppermint I,
1: Creeps was. The Cantina Band.
0: Oh, I meant the crowd. The Peppermint okay. Creeps were on the neck. They were like, yeah, they were. I mean, I'll just never forget that night. And I don't think I've been in a room with Ryan Roxy since.
1: Yeah, next time we're all in LA, we'll come over and we'll all do the podcast.
0: <laughs> oh, I would love can to have talk Ryan. Stefan Adika. Oh, I mean, it, well, Stefan has a big show coming out. Uh, I'm surprised you're not involved in this. May 19th at some winery. Eric Singer's playing. There you go. <laughs> um well I'll leave it at that uh
1: well what's the show, what's the show?
0: that's uh it's a private this guy owns a winery and uh oh, is this is
1: the thing in Santa Barbara yes. I do know about this actually
0: Paso Robles yeah
1: I, I actually I think I do know about this but no I'm not man
0: okay well maybe there might be a future uh, from what I understand this guy is whoever owns it is some rich dude who uh likes
1: so a big rock fan likes to support the scene yeah,
0: yeah. so uh well is- who's playing it? Well, it's like like glam. It's a glam nation reunion. Uh, so it, it's Teddy. It's
1: not glam nation without Ryan. I hope Ryan's gonna be there.
0: Well, I, you know, I'll let him, Stefan and Eric hash out the details. But <laughs> if you're in the Paso Robles area, May nineteenth. Uh, this
2: whole thing feels like Wayne's World too. It
0: really is. <laughs> Why well, was such a glam nation fan? Uh, because they did like Bowie and covers, and it was really Derek Sherinian was in it for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Eric Dover, another, uh, I think, Alice Cooper alumni. Uh,
2: really, if you work for Alice Cooper, you work. Derek Shurini, another Alice Cooper alumni.
0: The Upside Down Keyboard, uh, <laughs> Billy Idol and whatnot. So, but enough about other projects. You were recently on the cover of what magazine? Guitar needed? player. And that's a big deal.
1: It's a huge deal. You know, as, as a guitar player growing up and reading magazines, you know, you always get that thing in your head, like someday, you know, like rock star, if I work hard enough and if I want it bad enough, that could be me. And, and definitely, you know, going into a Barnes and Noble in Florida and seeing myself there, you know, looking back at myself on the cover of magazine, it was really amazing. I cried. I cried in the Barnes and Noble. Really? I totally did. Well, because I was a bookworm kid, you know, I wasn't very social as a kid. I'm still not very social now, you know, but I I didn't have a lot of friends. I spent a lot of time at bookstores reading guitar magazines you know, out of Barnes and Noble out here in the Valley. So uh, to go into a Barnes and Noble and to see myself there on the cover of the magazines that I grew up reading, it was huge. So amazing.
0: Yeah. I mean, no, I'm assuming, were you the first female cover?
1: No, no, no. I think they've had Bonnie Raitt and uh, probably Ori has probably been on it. probably right. been on it. And there, I think if someone, I think told me on social media, I think there have been seven, Covers. I could be wrong. Someone will correct me, I'm sure. I think there have been seven covers with females on them, but of the seven, two were Bonnie Raitt. So six women total.
0: That's pretty uh it's exclusive still a pretty small
1: company. number. Yeah, it's still, you know, it's still a pretty small number when you think of the vast amount of covers of Guitar Player Magazine there have been.
2: Which is another thing that's cool is her column in Guitar World just started last month as well. Mm-hmm. And, and then- what does that entail? Just
1: so it's basically, it's called Like a Hurricane, and it's a it's a monthly column in Guitar World, just basically breaking down some techniques and, and uh, theory. And it's really for the intermediate player. I didn't want to, you know, there are so many amazing columnists in Guitar World that are really over the top doing technique, you know, crazy stuff that I couldn't even dream of playing. And so I want to do something for the intermediate guitar player that's like, I want to learn how to shred. I can play... Some scales and chords, like what's the next step? So that's what Like a hurricane's all about.
0: Now, don't you have a big guitar endorsement?
1: I do. Yeah. That is a first female. That's the first, I'm the first female to have a signature Ibanez guitar, which was absolutely mine. Again, i just been crying about it and on stuff because it's all my heroes are Ibanez players. You know, the reason I started playing guitar, Steve Vai and Satriani and Paul Gilbert, all those guys are Ibanez guitar players. So to, Have a signature Ibanez guitar to be the only female up there on the site. It was really amazing.
0: And I believe Paul Stanley is with Ibanez. Paul Stanley
1: has an Ibanez signature. Yes, actually, I I have a PS10 at home now.
0: Now, what do you get? Like your own? Like I know he has like the mirrored guitar.
1: Mm -hmm. Mine doesn't. Just because I'm a girl, it doesn't have to have a mirror on it.
0: But like, (laughs) do you have input into like you know you're gonna have a signature line out? At some yeah. point.
1: So, so it came out in January and, uh, it's just the one right now. It's just the first initial model. And I wanted to do something that was kind of universal that could appeal to a lot of different musicians, not just like, you know, a female guitar player is a subset of a subset of a subset, you know? So I want to do something that could appeal to a lot of people. So it's, it's really, it's neutral colors. It's really fast playing. It's, it's a black to natural maple burst, So it looks like black and blonde. And uh, it's a really pretty guitar. And the response has been totally amazing.
0: And where, how do people get one? Like,
1: So right now it's available for pre-order. You can pre-order it from Guitar Center, Musicians Friends, Sweetwater, uh, American Musical. Basically anywhere you can buy an Ibanez guitar, you can pre-order my guitar. The, it's called the Ibanez Jiva. And then they are expected to ship in August of this year.
2: Oh, wow. And also she... First female to have DiMarzio DeMarz, pickups.
1: Signature pickups, yeah. yeah. So it'll come preloaded with my signature pickups from DiMarzio, which are the DiMarzio Pandemonium.
0: Well, even though I don't play, I want one. You
1: should have <laughs> one. It would look really good up here next year. Vince Neil Exposed poster. With the
0: great Steve Stevens. The,
1: the amazing Steve Stevens. I will always say, uh, what is it, The Edge on the album track five on Vince Neil Exposed with the flamenco intro, amazing.
0: Well, I turned people on his flamenco album.
1: Flamenco at Go Go. It's insane. It's so good.
0: I mean, if you. I put that,
1: I put that on the other day, and Josh was like, What are you listening to? <laughs> you
0: know, it's amazing. <laughs> and you <laughs> you sh- have people listen to it, and they're like, Wow, this is great. Who's playing this?
1: Steve Stevens, a ray gun guy.
0: But then you show them the picture of Steve Stevens, who looks like a Jersey Shore housewife. Yeah. And it's like, Oh. And his
1: wife, who is. Oh, like,
0: Josie. Is, yeah. Like, I mean, Talk uh,
1: about, you know, what do they call it? Batting out of your league or throwing throwing outside your coverage. Right, the draft is on. I
0: think it's both. Yes, we have the draft on. I am not allowed due to NFL copyright laws to show footage from the draft, but I'm a Steeler man. You you guys have a split uh, team, right? I mean,
1: Rams Saints household.
0: Why did I get a Seahawks vibe from you guys? Saints first. Well, okay. And who did they draft yesterday? I don't watch the draft.
1: The Saints had it. The Saints had an interesting, an interesting pick yesterday because they they traded up for their pick, and everyone thought they were going to take a quarterback, and they took a running back. Is that right? Right. They took they took somebody that basically they they traded their first round pick next year, and they they traded up from number twenty seven to number fourteen, and they, if I remember correctly, they gave up their first round pick next year and their fifth round pick and something wow. else. And, uh, and they got, uh, sort of like untested, untried, uh, Who's I mean, it's always
2: do some wacky stuff. It's, it's an just aggressive
1: sometimes- move.
0: I'm waiting for the guy with no hand to get drafted. That guy's amazing. Did has you see that been, guy?
1: Has he not been drafted yet?
0: Not yet. But he has no, I think it's left hand. And at the combine, I still don't know how he did this. He's he, defensive back, right? Uh, I think he's a lineman. He's a
1: line lineman? He
0: set the the record for this year's, uh, for the bench press.
1: Really?
0: Like if they- With one hand? He <laughs> did 225 pounds like 25 but, like, times.
1: This is a weird question to ask, but did, did he use both arms?
0: Well, I mean, I was like, wow, if this guy- I ever quits football you do it with one hand well no he had like one arm. something on, on uh arm, i think like they the might arm have arms. put like a not a fake hand but like something where
1: something so he was using both arm yeah muscles. but okay, that was my question
0: uh you know i didn't he, watch should be the drummer in def leopard if that if, <laughs> if, if it's football
1: i sat next to him on a plane actually really I sat next to rick allen on a plane and,
0: and did you cool. like say hey I'm, do you guys know each other at all or no
1: no we we uh I didn't know him. And again, it was one of those situations where you don't want to bother. Right. But I was, you know, I knew we were on a festival together, but I do know Phil Collins. So, uh, so thankfully, the rest of the guys in the band and their tour manager, who I did know, were sitting nearby us and they said, Oh, does everybody know Nita? And then I was in. I was totally in. And uh, Rick Allen explained to me how to use the photo filter app that he likes. And it was, <laughs> you know, it was interesting to see someone just totally function so normally he you know he set his phone down on the divider between the two seats and then he would push the buttons on the phone i was thinking how weird that he doesn't even think twice about not holding the phone with the other hand you know right so it was cool it's cool seeing someone just function completely and totally normally like that
0: oh i mean i saw them uh with the cheap trick and poison and i was like wow you really like you don't even uh, he's so good you don't you don't even
2: like you saw him play, right?
1: Yeah, that's. We were on our way down to Mexico to do, to do a festival together. And then we played the following, like a month after that, in Sao Paulo together, too, or in a, in Rio, Rock and Rio.
0: You don't see that he has one art. Like, you don't, like.
1: You don't notice it. And you don't yeah. hear it. You don't hear it either. You would think that there would be, like, a disconnect. Like, you would hear. Right. And it was, you know, the way that he does it with the feet is so seamless. I was just really impressed. Would it be. After all this time, you would be pretty seamless at it. But
0: Yeah, I mean, he's only had one arm for so long i don't almost i see uh, i think the photograph uh, video was the last video they did with, with when he had two arms, arms and it was, was like it
1: 84 that he yeah lost his arm? so i mean he's, he's had one arm since before i was born so i guess he's been you know he's he's got it down now
0: what year were you born
1: 86 december, oh december of 86.
0: that's uh the great kane roberts was just <laughs>
1: so awesome
0: uh, would you ever play his bazooka guitar? Uh, he
1: doesn't even have it anymore.
0: Who has it?
1: It's a collector.
0: I, w- I want it. A collector
1: has it. I want it too. You know, but uh, I did Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp with Kane last week, and uh, and we had done another fantasy camp before, that. and I played on Kane's new record. I did a guest solo on his record. Really? Yeah.
0: He has a new record coming he out? He has a
1: new record coming out.
0: I'm a fan. Like I'm
1: a huge fan. I'm a big, big, big fan. I always beg Alice to, if we can put more Kane stuff in. We did The World Needs Guts last year, and... There's a couple songs I've been wanting to get in from Roses on White Lace and Razor Fist. So we'll see.
0: I mean, his solo album. I
1: just accidentally said the name of the song I wanted to play instead of the album I wanted to play it from. So that'll be the hint.
0: Maybe uh, Teenage Frankenstein. Teenage
1: Frankenstein would be great. I always thought that Teenage Frankenstein would be a fun swap with Feed My Frankenstein because right. we don't even have to get any new props. We could still use the Frankenstein and just put a baseball cap on him. Right?
0: Maybe like, a, you know, a, a medley.
1: Yeah, why not? The thing is, Feed My Frankenstein works so well for the casual fan. right? You know, like at an Alice, at an Alice Cooper show, you have such a cross-section of fans. You know, you have people that are, are mega, mega fans that don't even want to hear Poison and School's Out. And then you have the people that are like the medium casual fans who know all the hits and aren't really going to be super familiar with anything that didn't have a music video, but they'll enjoy it. And then you have the people that only know School's Out and 18 and uh, "and Poison, and that's it. They don't know any other songs. They didn't come here to hear any other songs, and if they don't hear those three songs, they won't know any songs. And you have to kind of cater to all those people, and since Feed My Frankenstein was in Wayne's World, that was, you know, it's got to stay in there.
0: I mean, I have to admit, I'm an 80s uh Alice fan, which, you know, some people, like, like my favorite Kiss album is Crazy Nights. That's right. crazy to say. Uh, House of Fire. It
1: House was... of Fire is so good. It's so good. And I believe, because we just did the Ask Hat Pop Awards on and honored Desmond Child, who wrote all hail, hail King whole, Desmond, yeah, all hail King Desmond. Indeed. Oh. I think he wrote that whole record trash
0: to be a straight man in West Hollywood and say, you have the Desmond child box set in your house is,
1: <laughs> it's, a, it's a bold move. I, uh, but it's so good. His songs are so iconic. Like, you know, when we were listening to his, his introduction you know, all the Bon Jovi songs and Alice and Aerosmith and, De- and, uh, kiss you know it it doesn't get better than
0: does i mean ricky martin uh the the song he had on the soundtrack of the warriors i mean like it's like
2: he has a knack for writing
0: anthems
1: yeah
0: he just gets it yeah like uh even the album he basically wrote for rat which you you know some people like no i wish he was on the on the uh, (laughs) payroll for that album he did uh i think when bon jovi was blowing up Someone from Rats Camp said, uh, guys, this, right. is, uh, so gonna, is,
1: this, this guy's doing something that's working.
0: Just, just get it together, guys. Uh, and he basically
2: wrote the album Detonator. Oh, okay. So. Yeah, uh, I can listen to it. We met him, actually, um, after the awards. Yeah. Really cool dude. Really nice. I mean, that's,
0: I mean, I, that, can, that man can do no wrong.
1: Yeah. It was one of those things where it was, again, for the thousandth time, you know, you don't want to interrupt. But at this point, like we did sort of awkwardly just go shuffle up and stand next to him until he looked over and said, (laughs) can I help you? And I said, I'm so sorry to interrupt. Uh, I'm Nita Strauss. I'm Alice's guitar player. And we had just played so that helped. Like that was a good in. And he said, oh, of course, you know, you were so great. And, and, you know, I mumbled something about playing his songs and what an honor it was. And it was really, really cool.
0: I mean,
3: it's... Mm -hmm.
0: Would, now, do you think uh, you guys would ever uh, you and Alice would uh, bring Desmond back into the fold, or is it do you even bother with new music these days in terms of Alice?
1: Oh, there's no me and Alice anything. <laughs> there's no, I you know I I show up and and I play what's put in front of me. I would love to play on on the next Alice record. I know they're going to work on something new, but uh, he just had uh, Welcome to My Nightmare, and then he you know he put out the the newest album recently, but. Uh, I think the only the only real thing of me that was involved in any of that is they released some live tracks right along, that you are on alongside Paranormal, which is the newest Alice Cooper record.
0: I was confused on that record, like, uh, I'm an idiot first of all, but I was like, is Nita on this or like,
1: I'm sort of on it.
0: right? The live tracks. <laughs> the
1: live tracks, yeah.
0: And then the uh, the o g guitar player.
1: The original guys are on a couple tracks as well, but not all of them. Right. It's like I think there's four tracks at the end, 3 or 4 tracks that the OGs are on. <laughs>
2: Hey, you know the way things are coming out, coming, uh, coming along. It's uh, wouldn't be surprising if she is on the next record. I mean, it's only fitting.
0: Because you know this mean? is the longest uh, tenured band that Alice has had, right? In terms of the, the core members, it's been a while since. I mean, are you the newest member in the technical sense?
1: Yeah, I'm still the newest member, and it'll be four years this year. So it's it's been a good, steady band for a while.
0: So, uh, any new album in the works? Maybe any t- scuttlebutt?
1: He's working with the Hollywood vampires right now. Right. Uh, I think they're working on music. They're hoping to get something cool done. Uh, I think they're all in the studio right now. So they're working on that and hopefully the Alice album will come next.
0: Well, Nita, it's uh, uh, always a pleasure to see you. Likewise. I mean, Josh, I see you every day. But I won't name the gym cause they're not a sponsor. <laughs> the only sponsor I have is the, the Mike Knuckles you see,
1: which are amazing.
0: Provided by uh the great Stephen (laughs) Pearcy, super
2: cool! Thank you. Well, you should also see uh, another thing that's cool with her, she just jammed with Zach Wilde.
0: The great Zach Wilde, uh, I have been listening to his live and loud album with Ozzy. Uh, it's not a new album, uh, I mean, I was a Jake E. Lee guy, full disclosure.
1: Badlands, so good.
0: Another Eric Singer, all worlds leads yeah. <laughs> to
1: Eric Singer. Oh my gosh, but how good was Badlands? But you know what? I did not like Red Dragon Cartel.
0: Well, I was at the first concert, and you it know, was
1: not what.
0: It, were you there?
1: No, I saw videos. Well, and I can only imagine the videos were worse than what was happening even there because videos are never good.
0: I don't like someone critiquing my stand-up if they've never done it. Yeah, definitely. I can certainly, like if you guys said to me, I think you were at one show I did, hey, you know, maybe that joke could have been better. You know, I'd listen to you guys because you're comedy fans. You probably wouldn't like my take on a guitar solo because <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, the singer, I'm sure he's a great guy. Uh, but That's when, never good. Yeah, it's like the girl's got a great personality. Right. Um, When you're singing Rock and Roll Rebel, which is a great song, uh, and you're singing it as Rock and Roll Devil, uh, you know. Right. Uh, I'm Maybe sh-
1: it was a copyright thing.
0: I well, I know that Jake had some problems with that. Uh, so maybe
1: they couldn't say "rock and roll rebel."
0: I don't know like if that, that was the f- reason. I uh, well, the singer I, he needed to work on his crowd work. I'll right. just I'll just say that. Uh, but it was nice to see Jake playing. You know, he'd been out of the. You know, he'd been off the grid for a while, but I
2: love Zach Wild.
1: Totally, he's amazing. Well,
2: let before we transition to Zach, which who's an amazing, amazing dude.
1: I told that story on the podcast last time.
2: Do you remember the story of her and Jakey Lee? Let's
0: tell it again. <laughs> I think <if> it involves... <laughs> pointing
1: at me, but I, I, uh, I didn't want to repeat stories, but I can.
0: It's all good because, you know, when you climb up the ratings in <laughs> iTunes...
1: <laughs> so we did Monsters of Rock with Jakey Lee, and Jakey Lee was on there with Red Dragon and Cartel, and I was on there with Femme Fatale. And, uh, you know, we were, uh, we were nearby the bar, you know, this sort of central bar where, you know, the band members hang out, and and so, you know, someone said to me, do you want to meet Jakey Lee? And I was like, yes, yes. You know, Courtney Cox was with me, you know, Courtney from the Iron Maidens and Femme Fatale. And, and, uh, we said, yeah, 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 we want to meet Jakey Lee. So he, you know, comes over and introduces us and he said, Jake, I want to introduce you to two very bright, you know, upcoming stars of the guitar community. This is Nita Strauss and Courtney Cox. He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys want to do a shot Jameson <laughs> and you know, I don't drink anymore. But at the time I was like, yes. I would love a shot, and Courtney and I were looking at each other like Jakey Lee was going to get us a shot of Jameson. This is amazing. So we, uh, so he goes, okay, who's with you guys? You know, one two. We had some of our crew with us, go oh, one two how many? You you want one? okay, twelve shots of Jameson, and we're like, this is amazing. This is our rock star moment. So he orders the drinks. The drinks come. We all do our shots. You cheers, cheers, cheers. Boom. Shoots the bag. He goes, okay, nice to meet you guys, and walks away. <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, the bartender looked at Courtney and I and said, so who's paying for these? And I said, well, I guess I am. And that's my Jakey Lee story.
2: <laughs> I well, love that story.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can tell you who's not paying for them. It's just the guy who walked away. Uh, <laughs>
1: the guy who asked if we wanted them.
0: Well, let's get to Jake's uh, replacement in Ozzy, uh, Black Label Society. I mean, I love Zach Wilde. Yeah. Uh, How did you guys uh, link up?
1: Well, that was also a rock and roll fantasy camp thing. We just did the rock and roll fantasy camp where Zach was the special guest counselor. And it was, it was really amazing. You know, Zach and I crossed paths at a festival last year. And, you know, I was, I had been sober at that point for about a year, I think about a, a year and a half. And Zach, you know, was famously, you know, known for being drunk and crazy all the time and got sober so I asked him, you know, do you have any advice for me? Do you have any pointers about staying on tour and getting sober? And he put his big paw on my shoulder and talked at me for about 15 minutes and gave me like, I wish that I had had like my phone recorder going so I could, but I retained so much of it. And it was so meaningful to me. Again, we talk about, you know, go back to people taking time to be kind, right. go out of their way and and give you their personal knowledge, you know, what works and what doesn't work. And I thought, man, that was so amazing. And I took it with me forever. And I didn't think really that that kind of conversation would mean much to him because I'm sure he gets that all the time. So we ran into him in Vegas uh, when Black Label was playing there and he was walking to the stage and again, sort of stopped what he was doing. He said, Hey, little hurricane, you know, I, I was just thinking about you the other day because I had a friend who started drinking and, you know, he he was sober and he started drinking. And and, and I remembered that conversation we had at Rock on the Range and I was, you know, Josh and I were looking at each other like, he remembered it actually meant something to him just the way it did to me. So that was, it was so amazing. And then we did rock and roll fantasy camp together and he was so great with the campers. He was so high energy. He made everyone feel special. He made everybody feel like he wanted them to be there. He wanted to jam with them. He went and you know, my guys played with him at the whiskey and we played highway star, which was so much fun. And uh, he went up and interacted with everybody, made everybody feel like he was there with them. It was really cool to see.
0: Which I think is so neat just fans to see like you and zach and and others like i've seen steve stevens at some of those things mm-hmm. and it just makes you a bigger fan of theirs and yours yeah definitely that, you know i mean some people can be dicks and it's like oh i don't even want to meet these people anymore
1: yeah definitely
2: uh, so we had that other action. <laughs> i've
0: added a few times unnamed uh, people but uh you know i guess there's dicks in every um Industry, yours, mine. Uh, but
1: Zach Wilde is not one of them.
0: No, I mean, he just seems like he'd be a great guy. Yeah,
1: uh, he's really like, he's very humble, very down to earth and and really, really cool person.
0: Now I saw a video, I think it's an older video of you and Brad Gillis playing.
1: Yeah, that was on Hired Gun.
0: I love me some Brad Gillis.
1: Brad is a absolutely <laughs> amazing. The Whammy takeaway. Bar. Tell yeah. that story. Which one? Him
2: jamming all day long.
1: Oh, I don't want to tell that. <laughs> he, he came to Hired Gun taping. <laughs> and he has more licks than anybody ever. I'll tell. I'll tell the part of the story that I will. That I want to tell.
0: Yes, this is neatest, uh episode. Mm-hmm. You, Claude. <laughs> I'm just kidding.
1: Uh, but we we did a jam, and it was me and uh, Phil X, who plays with Bon Jovi, and Jason Hook, and was it Kenny playing drums? Kenny. Yes, it was. And uh, and Rudy Sarzo playing bass. And, and it was just one of those things where I was like, I don't even know what I'm doing here. You know, like how am I, how did I get in this circle of people? So we're doing a round of solos where one person will do the lead and then the other two will play rhythm and switch off. So I did, you know, three or four rounds and then I was like, I'm out, I'm out of, I'm out of stuff to play. So I, you know, I kind of tapped out grace, you know, graciously and said, thanks guys. You know, that was great. So, you know, then, then Brad Gillis and Jason hook and, uh, and Phil X kept going around, you know, they did a couple of rounds, then Hook dropped out, and then Phil X and Gillis were going back and forth, and then, you know, five minutes or so goes by, and <laughs> and Phil X finally just throws in the towel. He goes, okay guys, that was fun, let's do something else. And Brad Gillis kept soloing by himself <laughs> for like 10 more minutes, and it was so incredible as a guitar player to watch, because he never ran out of ideas. Like, I ran out of ideas, Pretty fast, you know. After like you know six or seven times playing the same, you know playing with the same chords, he never repeated anything. He just kept going, kept going. It was really, really amazing.
0: I mean, I always loved his brief tenure with Ozzy. Like totally, just the the stress that that must have been to.
1: Didn't yeah. they say he learned it in two days or something he yeah, had to learn? I like think he
2: was telling us that
0: story, actually. Well, I think they tried out, uh, I forget the guy's name, Bernie something, uh, Torme or something along the He was like a beatnik guitarist. He was brilliant, but he right. just wasn't, the you know, I don't know, the image that I think they would Robert
1: Sarzo, I think they tried out,
0: too. Yeah. Uh, and then I think they said he had three days in the hotel room to learn yeah. everything
1: yeah crazy and he
0: said like i think he said the first show he played you know everyone was like with the saint randy Rhodes, and they're flipping them off and throwing bottles at him it's like well
1: what documentary i know this isn't a documentary
0: to show it what documentary is this you know it was a youtube uh i know there's an album out i think it's unofficial speak of the devil it's a live Mm -hmm. i think it's the only live show that's like fully recorded Mm -hmm. and there was like a little youtube it's on youtube yeah I know
1: I've seen Gillis with his big hair and his guitar, that,
0: that pood, that Tommy Ulrich poodle hair. Yeah. It was amazing. So, uh, but I mean, just the, I mean, do you ever like stop and go, I'm playing with Brad Gillis, Zach wild. I mean, like, how do you like not fan out?
1: Oh, I do. I do fan out every time, every single time it's, it never gets old. It never stops being cool. It never like it, it always hits me every single time what's happening. And just, uh, you know, I think to myself, what I would have thought, you know, if I was a young guitar player and I knew that, you know, these people were going to be trading licks with me, and Brad Gillis was going to show me some whammy tricks, you know, it was really amazing.
0: And what advice would you give? Because I know your guys' time is limited. We have to see who the Saints are picking soon. <laughs> to young female guitar players,
1: I think the most important thing is not to get too caught up in the, the female guitar player label. You know, there will be people that say you can, there will be people that say you can't, there will be people that expect you to be better. There'll be people that expect you to not be any good. And I think as long as you just focus in on being the best guitar player that you can be and leaving no doubt with your playing and your performance and having a good attitude, being places on time, you know, not not going in, you know, with, with any kind of entitlement because you're a girl that anyone's going to carry your stuff for you or do anything for you. You're expected to carry your amp just like everybody else. And right. as long as you go in with a good work ethic and a good attitude, there's no reason not to succeed.
0: And one last thing I certainly know in the comedy world, I'm around a lot of, uh, interest, interesting, substances <laughs> and, uh, lick, liquor, uh, beverages is it tough on the road when you're around constant alcohol and other things like i know you have josh to lean on you know do uh, not do you ever get tempted but like do you even see that stuff anymore in your vision or
1: oh i do yeah i definitely you know it's it's hard not to because it's, it's always there. It's always there. You know, I have Josh to lean on, but Josh will be the first one at the bar. So yeah, <laughs> true.
0: some influence you, are.
1: <laughs> but really when you, Amen. when you really think about, you know, for me, I just have to think about how many things are better in my life. Now that that element is gone, you know, I lost a bunch of weight. My relationship with, you know, the man I love is healthier. My relationship with my family's better. I get more done in my day. You know, I don't wake up hungover and, uh it's just everything has been positive. There's been nothing negative except I'm a little more awkward at parties. <laughs> that's right. the only that's the only downside to uh, to not drinking. so I really like when I really take a step back and look at it, there's nothing that makes me go yeah, you know i'm I'm gonna go back to that way of life
0: so instead of a drink now, maybe you take an a monster energy drink.
1: Absolutely, that's exactly what it is. I switched all, you know, my my guitar tech knows now. Instead of putting a Corona backstage behind my amp, he puts some uh, sugar-free monster, and that's that's what I switched out for.
0: And what is your favorite flavor?
1: I like the orange one. The orange absolutely. I do zero. like the orange the one. Orange one's good.
2: Orange sunrise, I think
1: it's called. Yeah, it's some, something. What's which one do you like?
0: I like the orange one.
1: one? Josh likes the orange the one. Orange, one, orange yeah. one. I don't like that new purple one. Everyone's raving over the purple one. I don't like it.
0: I you know some of them uh taste a little
1: um, like cough syrup
0: medicine yeah. and, and I'm sure they're great I, yeah. I mean if you uh, it's I guess it's an acquired taste but the orange one tastes like orange soda Yeah
1: mm-hmm. they have coffee now they have uh oh, like know. espresso <laughs> it's one good it.
0: Oh I have no doubt yeah. uh so now the once again thank you very much thank for coming you very much for having me. No it's really yes. we joke around a lot uh I love both of you uh it's so nice to see two people who are nice and hardworking, accomplishing things.
1: Better when it's nice. <laughs>
0: but it is much. like, <laughs> you know, Josh is amazing, he started his company from nothing, yeah. and now Johnny Depp's wearing it on stage. Exactly. And and is wearing it. It's just like and you're like blowing up WrestleMania, you know. It's just refreshing to see nice and humble people.
2: Well, thank, thank you, you, man. That means a lot.
0: No, for the iTunes and SoundCloud people. The plugs one more time for Nita's Kickstarter. It's got it because it runs out
1: May 4th, Star Wars Day. It'll be next Friday. And uh, if you go on Kickstarter's website and just search for Nita Strauss, you'll be able to find me there. Or it'll be at the top of all my social medias, which is Nita Strauss on Facebook and Hurricane Nita on Twitter and Instagram.
0: And Josh, Beverly Kills Clothing, where can people find that?
2: You can find that on social media at BeverlyKillsCA. And then uh, BeverlyKills.com, and also my personal one is The Josh V. Jason Victor.
0: That's a lot of plugs. <laughs> Anita, where are you playing live again?
1: Uh, I am going back out on the road with Alice this August, and so we'll be hitting just about every single state in the U.S.
0: Any whiskey or any local shows for yeah, the L.A. fans? Uh,
1: the uh, what's Not The Grove. What's the place called?
0: You guys are playing The Grove? Not
1: The Grove. Uh, the Greek. Oh wow! The Greek right up the street. Uh,
0: and will you be doing any like solo shows or guitar clinics?
1: Yeah, there will be a lot of guitar clinics, a lot of cool stuff going on. Nothing uh, confirmed here in LA right now, but the best place to find it out is always my website, neatusdraws.com. Another plug. And uh, and so anything that's coming up, uh, they just announced I'll be at Sweetwater Gear Fest in in Indiana. I'm doing some stuff overseas and. There's gonna be a lot of cool stuff coming up.
2: And before right. the end of the year there will be the album release and we will be doing shows.
1: A solo tour, yeah.
0: And get the guitar. I'm gonna order the guitar.
1: You will love it. I'll show you how to play it.
0: Oh no, listen, let me be real honest with you. Brent Fitz tried to teach me the drums. It literally made him want to quit the business. <laughs> I have no musical talent, but well, at well, least that's I'm better.
1: The guitar won't get all fingerprinty. Oh
0: yeah, I'm just gonna just fr- I'm gonna all have all... you sign it. Yeah. Maybe have Brad Gillis touch it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it'll get some mojo then.
0: Yeah, I believe in that. Do you I believe do you. in that? I believe in it 100%. Like someone gave me a wristband that Vinnie Vincent wore, and I have it. And I swear to God, you feel like... No, I'd,
1: it's true. I have a Dave Murray one, and I feel the exact same way.
0: It says Dave Murray with the stripe, right? It's the
1: exact one, yes.
0: And like... I'm totally about that. Me
1: too, a thousand percent.
0: Someone gave me one of the Ultimate Warrior's armbands. What?
1: What? Where's and when, that?
0: And when I feel it's in a secret location, I met him are. once, and it, it's weird. You feel like when you put this armband around you, you,
2: you feel, feel the st- power of the warrior. You do. You feel stronger. We just got to uh, hang out and talk with Dana Warrior for a while. She was really cool. Yeah. Really, really
0: cool. Oh, I mean, he, I mean, he was my favorite, and. Me too. Uh, you know, it's an unfortunate aspect of that business, but let's not end on that. No.
1: Kickstarter.com. Yes. Search for Nita Strauss. I'll go to beverlykills.com to order some cool shirts yes, and find out what I'm up to on nitastrauss.com.
0: And let's take Nita's albums. It's September, so you got a while to kick in. You got it's seven days to kick in. You know, these albums aren't cheap. And, you know, Nita's got to pay the band... Uh, yeah, you dude, know josh yep oh my god that's a freebie you gotta maybe get ron nevison in to produce it <laughs>
2: colonel gotta, parker man
0: get desmond child in to just write, write
2: some songs uh, hey, that's yeah. the whole budget right
0: that's uh you know one line in a, a chorus and uh, he gets 80 percent publishing it's <laughs> yep. pick your poison with king desmond uh guys inappropriate earl soundcloud and itunes if you don't want to leave a review it's not that hard Go to Kickstarter, find Nita's info, and donate to that. And we will see you later.